0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of the Neutral Zone podcast. Today, we have special guest Anthony San Rocco. Anthony, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, everyone, how's it going? Thanks for listening. Um, I'm Anthony San Rocco. I uh, I run the NBHL, the National Ball Hockey League, with my brother Gianni San Rocco and my buddy TJ Janis and amongst tons of other people. Um but yeah, that's kind of uh what I'm known for, I guess, most in the ball hockey community.
2: Uh first thing I have here is from Corey Hirsch, um in a sarcastic way. Why would someone want to move from South Jersey to California?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh we'll, we'll we'll say weather. We'll just say weather when we'll did that. I
2: feel like that's a good I feel like that's a very good reason. <laughs>
1: well originally so originally i was in south jersey i went to seattle and seattle was cool but the weather in seattle i mean i was there for yeah i mean i was there for three straight like fall slash winters like i was back and forth and kind of moving all over Mm. and um it just rained every single time and it was just it just it it rained every single day and didn't like downpour just like spit and, like, the summers were beautiful. They were amazing. But, like, that mm-hmm. fall-winter kind of wore on me. So, then I went to California. Now it's sunnier, a little better. So, uh, no when I went to,
2: there. When I went to Vancouver, it just snowed the whole entire time. It yeah, snowed been, or when, it's just raining? When did you go? Um, I went, let's see, I went in December for a little bit. Then I went in March for a little bit there, too.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, it was Adds just
2: up. rain and snow the whole entire time.
1: Yeah, Seattle's not much different, I don't think, so. Speaking of little bit city, honest, but... Seattle, sorry,
0: um, do these teams out there, do they play indoors or do they play outdoors? Like, the only team I know out of there is the Cold Snacks, but.
1: So, their division, they run at three different rinks this past year. One of the rinks was outdoor. It was on this island. It was called Bainbridge Island. We'd have to take a ferry over to the rink. Uh, it, was, it was honestly pretty cool. And that, that's pretty cool, yeah the other two rinks. one was in Tacoma and that was actually it was at this like is that like a skating rink where you'd see like kids parties they have like if, if you go watch some of the Pacific Northwest games on our website you'll see like they have the black carpet with like different colors that are like um like it's just like rainbow and colorful it's just it looks like it doesn't look like a hockey rink at all like the video doesn't at all um but it worked. It was the right size and everything. So they had some pretty good games there. And then where we hosted our playoffs and the Portland teams was in Beaverton, which is, um, I guess it's, I don't know, I don't know how far outside of Portland it is, but it's pretty close to it. And that rink is indoor and that's like a roller hockey rink. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. So that's where we'll have this this year. I don't know that we're going to use that, um, like the skating rink. I think it'll mostly be the Bainbridge Island and the, um, the, uh, what's it called Beaverton rink so indoor and outdoor little mix
2: um so question for you Anthony why ball hockey
1: uh I don't know I guess I mean growing up I played I played baseball I played soccer um I tried to play a little bit of lacrosse I you know golfed a little bit but I think you know ball hockey I just always think as an as like like it was a sport I was best at, and then like I would play on tournament teams, so I got like validation for playing the sport. So that mm-hmm. made me like it even more. And then as I grew older, I just, I don't know. Like even now, I can. It's like an escape for me. Like I'm able to, you know, play the sport that I love. I played my whole life at a pretty high level, and like I can just, you know, forget about, you know, whatever else is bothering my life at that point, and I can just come play hockey and just have fun. So it's just always, it's just always resonated with me I, I don't have like a direct reason why but it's just I, i've enjoyed it since the first time i played it and it's never changed it's always been the same
2: um you uh cory mentioned to me that you played on junior team carmelton deer they're currently an uh, nbhl team as well um they're, what was, uh, like, they're,
1: they're not an nbhl so the deer was a fun like So, when I played freshman in Marlton, I was on the Marlton Chiefs, and I just kind of decided I wanted to do my own thing and make my own team, and I basically, I got four or five of my buddies that I played on Marlton travel teams with, and a bunch of my buddies who were maybe roller hockey guys or weren't really hockey guys, and we just made the team we had bright neon yellow jerseys um we brought a team band to the games my one buddy rick could like kind of play the saxophone so we'd put him (laughs) on the bench and he would like play like fight songs and it would piss everyone off we would we would have the national anthem playing before games we would um my brother gianni his best friend clay we bought this like blow up deer costume and he would come out and he would wear that and we were just honestly like at that point in my life, I was like, you know, I was I in my mentality when I made the deer was I didn't know that men's ball hockey existed at that point. Mm. So I was thinking these are my last couple years of ball hockey. Let me do it with my friends. Let me have fun. You know, let me just make this as ridiculous as it can be. And we had so many. I mean, we only won like two tournaments in like the six or seven years I ran it because I ran it, I was 18 and 19, so I did my last year as a freshman. Then there was a, a gap year where um, I was too old to play, but my brother Gianni was too young to play. Then Gianni became of age, so I ran it for four years while he did it, and it ended up being, I think, seven total years. Um, but yeah, that was just um, just a fun thing. And my, my favorite deer story to tell is we were playing in a Marlton tournament, and we had just sold we were selling neon yellow hoodies and people were buying them like crazy we had sold them so many so they were all over the rink and it was our second or th- i guess it was our third year and people kind of knew who we were at this point so we had like you know the, the rink was relatively crowded like the, the at least every spot against the rink was taken and we said between the first and the second period we were going to bring a kid out and have him shoot on our goalie for a penalty shot and we were going to give him a t-shirt we just weren't going to meet between periods we we're just going to bring this kid out, have him shoot. And we, uh, we went into the crowd, one of our coaches, which was just our buddies wearing suits on the bench, ran out and picked <laughs> a random kid, brought him over to the bench. And like the Marlton rinks are 180 feet long. So it's a pretty decent size rink. So we had this kid start at the red line and my buddy, uh, Mike Hackman was in net, And we were like, hack, like no matter what this kid does, you have to let him score this goal. Like we don't care what happens, he has to score. And our and like we were just like, all right, let's do it. So we get this kid, we send him up at the red line. Probably like six years old. He's you know taking forever to get down there. We're like halfway through. We're like, all right, this is taking way too long. Like we we really we probably should have started him at like the blue line at the minimum. But he gets down there and he gets close to hack and he winds up to take the shot, and hack dives to like get out of the way and like let it go in but he guessed wrong and he dove directly into the shot and like made this unbelievable, like sprawling save on this kid and absolutely robbed him. (laughs) You're just like, Oh no. And like, we were all getting ready to go nuts and like storm the rank and Sally with this kid and be all prompt. And like, he didn't score. (laughs) So we were just like, uh, all right. And then we just started going nuts anyway. And we gave the kid a shirt, but we would just do little shit like that um just like we had so many little antics we would do between games and stuff like that so we just had fun with it so that was my uh that i guess that was my first um ball hockey venture that i that i uh i created but yeah the deer was good times
0: that's actually very similar to how ej and i got started
1: with uh tournament hockey
0: we kind of just threw together a team of a bunch of our buddies and we were terrible but
1: we had a bunch of fun with it
0: we didn't we didn't know that there was men's or usa or uh, yeah you know, this really high level ball hockey we were just having fun and then slowly but surely i ended
1: up somehow running with the gods and you know now like, look at us. i'm here now <laughs> <laughs> yeah now you're running now you're running podcasts and playing on multiple teams and what's like that, that cranberry league right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Corey,
2: I have Corey calling me every ten minutes. <laughs> oh my God! Um, going to sticking with like a men's adult. Um, you're now playing with the graphics. Uh, what yeah. happened there?
1: Um, so I was on the Warriors, and then I moved out west. And the way the Warriors pick their teams is we have we have practices every single week. We have a ranking system. Um, You know, it's like a collective group of everybody ranks all the players and they get, you know, the top nine players, those become the Warriors players. The next nine Mm -hmm. players, they become the Indians players. And everyone else is, you know, know, filtered in and we have a ton of players who, you know, come to the practices and went like, for example, we just are, um, the uh, Warriors and Indians just played in, um, what is, U.S. Outdoors in Massachusetts and they had a bunch of guys missing, so they had, a lot of players who've been coming to practices who they got to call up and get to play in those tournaments. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a great system and it works fantastic. Um, And I was on the warriors when I was still in Jersey, I moved out West. I played one or two more tournaments with the warriors. And then I was put down on the Indians, which was fine. My brother was on the Indians. I know a bunch of guys on the team. And I was, you know, I you know, I did it. I played, I guess three tournaments with them. And I guess like as the tournaments have gone on, like that team has gotten younger and Mm -hmm. i'm 30 like i don't know a lot of those kids anymore it's just a different group of guys and they're all great hockey players but it goes back to the deer mentality like i want to have fun with this as much as i can and on graphics like when i played out in seattle i played with um phil clitorinos played on the greek national team he's now playing for graphics one of my really good friends we played together every weekend out west so we have really good chemistry and my brother Gianni, he's playing on the Warriors now, so he was one of the main reasons I really like playing on the Indians. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll take this new opportunity, play with my buddy Phil, play with some other guys that I've gotten really close to the years on graphics or maybe a little closer in age to myself, and, um, you know, just try something different. So going to give it a shot. My I mean, first one with them, I was supposed to go to U.S. Outdoors, but my nursing job kind of got in the way of that. But I'll go to um, – I'll go to the winter classic and that'll be my first time playing with them. But yeah, so we'll see how it goes.
2: Um so you know, like how you talked about you made and Deer. How'd you come up with the NBHL kind of concepts?
1: It was so we started make like our first league we did was in 2015 and it was myself, TJ, and TJ's brother Pat. And it was like a four and four league in our backyard. And to make a long story short, the league continued to grow. The skill got better, but it was a ton of work. And we got to a point where like, we need to make this something bigger or we need to stop doing this because it's not like worth our time at this point anymore. Cause it was mm-hmm. really four years of doing a lot of stuff. And the the, the timing was convenient with, um, it was 2015. We started So 2018 was where we're kind of having this discussion of, like, what's next? And I think – I don't think the idea of a National Ball Hockey League is unique to really anyone. I think everyone has always talked about it and wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I really started putting pen to paper, I guess, in 2017, 2018, with coming up with formats and outlines on how I think it could be possible. And the – Fall winter of 2018 was the first time um, me, TJ and Gianni Gianni came in the fold around 2018. So the first time me, Gianni and TJ had actually met to discuss like how we can make a national ball hockey league happen. And I had made this outline and our goal was like, let's just kind of, you know, let's unite everyone. Let's make this work. We'll, um, you know, grow our EBHL league into the NBHL. So we moved our league from four on four and it was on this small concrete rink in our, in our neighborhood in South Jersey. And it was not a nice rink. Um, they redid it. Apparently it's a lot nicer now, but it wasn't in the best shape, but we, it was just our buddies. It was Saturday mornings. Everyone was hung over. Like it wasn't like a very, it was competitive, but it was like leisurely. Mm-hmm. Then we moved our league to the Marlton rinks five on five and they had just put down the deck surface. Um, at that time we had gotten sponsored by Bauer. And we put out this commercial saying, like, hey, we're moving our league here. It's going to be 5-on-5, five five and it's going to be, you know, a lot more competitive. And we upped the roster size from 10 players on the 4-on-4 league, to, um, I think we made it 15 minimum then because NBHL is 16 now. So, yeah, it was 15. Mm-hmm. Basically, we were like, hey, we want to have 5-on-5 hockey. We want to have full benches. We want these games to be competitive every single week. And in the meantime, as we were promoting everything, um, TJ had a little experience in Photoshop, but um, we basically spent that offseason teaching ourselves how to edit video, how to edit graphics, how to do all of those things so that when we ran the EBHL, we could record every game on video, we could cut highlights of those games, could post them online, hopefully get some attention, and um, that's kind of what happened, and Corey is, you know, he reached out, I want to say it was... May or June was the first time I spoke with Corey. And, um, you know, we obviously we partnered up with USA Ball Hockey and the rest is kind of flourished from there. But it was really just a product of, you know, I I love playing ball hockey. I think it's a ton of fun. I enjoy running these leagues. I, I just, I, I think it's, um, it's just a really enjoyable, it's challenging. But, um, you know, when you see like the Mile cup and you see those teams win, it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. So rewarding mm-hmm. for us. Cause it's like, we sunk, you know, hours every weekend to it. And for, to see these teams celebrate and get excited, like to, you know, appreciate our end of things, I guess. I don't think they're like directly doing that, but like, just seeing that come out, like it made mm-hmm. it all worth it. And like, that's, it's, it's become what we hoped it would be. We just wanted a competitive way to connect everybody. And, um, yeah, it's just like,
2: I think that's what was just done with like how the past year has been, especially with the expansion to tier three and women's. I think yeah. it's really, just that like, kind of brought in on everything for NBHL.
0: So yeah, it's been. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, no, you go ahead. I was just I was gonna
0: follow up with another question. If you had something to say.
1: No. go ahead. Okay.
0: Sure um. Obviously, the NBHL was supposed to start way back in 2020, um, and then COVID happened. How do you think that affected? things obviously I think that you know as much as it sucked to not play that year that extra time to kind of grow the popularity grow demand and like s- sort of iron out the wrinkles may have helped things run a little smoother
1: yeah I think I think it did too I, I, I as much as I feel a little guilty sometimes saying that COVID probably helped us a little bit um I don't know if helped is necessarily the right word but I guess it gave us more time to figure out the right way of doing things because mm-hmm. when we were going to do it in 2020 we had only five divisions we had mass jersey Pitt, dc and chicago and like we didn't have tiers. we had a lot of resistance from certain areas that weren't really sure and you know, we, I remember we posted our first graphic on social media and people were like, well, what is this? Like, is this real? Like, you know, people just didn't know, like, and understandably so, like just kind of came out of nowhere. So we canceled and that was a tough decision. I think it was February when we finally made the call and it was literally like we either had to order jerseys or cancel the season. It was, I don't know if it was, it was whenever all the stuff in the NBA happened and the NBA shut down mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, this is legitimate. We need to like, figure this out. And we decided to cancel. It sucked. And I think for maybe a month or two, we were just kind of discouraged and we're just like, man, is this like ever actually going to happen now? Like what's going to happen? And we kind of just refocused and got motivated. We're like, you know, let's do the opposite here. Let's just keep working. Let's keep growing this. Let's keep having these conversations and try to make it bigger for when we can roll this out. So we were able to get introduced. And, you know, at that point, we had somewhat of a social media presence and we had people reaching out like, hey, how can we get in this? And we had all those conversations and we were able to expand to 12 divisions. So not only that, though, with us like rolling out the divisions, but on the back end, like figuring out like the video editing and how we're going to do all of those things. Like we would have been able to do it in 2020, how we had it set up but the way we were going to do things in 2020 versus how we were going to do things in 2021 are significantly different. So having that time too, to figure out like how we were going to run our website, how we were going to, you know, edit these games and get stats and do highlights and do the graphics and all that sort of thing. um, It really, you know, it gave us time to just kind of make sure things were better. So um, yeah, I don't want to say that, you know, COVID helped us, but it, you know, it gave us time that we probably needed to figure some stuff out. So mm. it sucked at first, but you know, this whole, the whole MBHL, the whole time we've just been, we've learned we'd have to be patient. Things move slow. And that was one of those things we just had to sit back and let it happen the way it was supposed to. And now we're here a couple years later and it's been, you know, grown so far so it worked out but that was that was pretty tough i mean the pandemic was obviously a terrible thing i i worked through it a little bit it was it was crazy but um you know it um it worked out everything happens and you know everything happens for a reason i guess i don't know if you know they're all good reasons but you know it all worked out in the end so we're here
2: um so what's in store for the next season of Show? Like, what are some of your
1: rules? We got, or... we got um. I know, like, we're talking. you saying rules, like specifically yes, rules? Like
2: rules, or just like what's the store for? Just in general for the twenty twenty three season.
1: I know, I know. From so, from an expansion standpoint, we're gonna slow it down a little bit. We're not gonna mm-hmm. grow nearly as much. Like, we're gonna really try to grow the divisions that we have. We have a handful of divisions we're looking at adding that we're still in the works with, but. I guess the issue on the NBHL side was going from um, 76 teams to 151 teams was yeah. pretty significant. And in 2021, it was me, Gianni TJ, and Matt Strybeck or Strybe um, doing everything on the back end. And we realized that if we were going to grow like this, there was just no way that the four of us could handle that workload. It was just impossible. So we ended up having depending on the week, like there were weeks where we had 20 to 25 people working on the NBHL, whether it be editing video, doing graphics, scheduling posts on social media, um, doing stat checks, um, you know, live streams and that sort of thing. We had so many people doing things on a weekly basis and we got through it, but it felt sloppy. And before we grow more than that, we really want to make sure that we have it down with how we do things now. So this year, we want to kind of slow down the expansion a little bit and just make sure that we are 110% ready for our next big expansion, which we we know how we want to do it. I can't say anything how we want to do it, but we have, we have some things that we are really looking forward to. But yeah, this year, we're going to slow that aspect down. Um, I know, like, we definitely are making some rule changes. I know one of the changes that we got from a lot of people was that penalties were too short. So, like, minor penalties will be a minute 30 this year as opposed to a minute last year. Uh, One of the new things we're going to add, to is um, we're calling them affiliate squads, which is... uh,
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, so basically the mindset, there's there's a ton of reasons to do it, but basically we've got a lot of feedback that people want to affiliate Tier 2 teams with Tier 1 teams, which in theory, is awesome. Like, it's great to have, like, a feeder system, but it also limits opportunities and is not necessarily fair if we limit, if we associate teams directly with other teams. So, say Pittsburgh, for example, we have six Tier 1 teams for this year coming up. Not sure how many is going to be in Tier 2, but it's going to be more than six. So, there's going to be a few teams that wouldn't have the opportunity to have players. It was 10 last year. Yeah, yeah. So... The mindset was we allow teams to create an affiliate squad of three players, players that are, if you're tier one, they have to be in tier two. If you're in tier two, they have to be from tier three or they can be um, non-NBHL players. And it will allow teams to fill in their roster when they're short players. So you can't, like, these affiliate squads, you can't just have, like, these guys play for you every single week. They can't become a weekly Mm -hmm. player. It's just if your team, if you're short bench, you have seven guys for a week, you can call up your three affiliate squad players. You can get to ten. You can play that game with two full lines and be more competitive. And it also gives opportunities for players in Tier 2 to see what Tier 1 is like. Get a couple shifts in. Get a couple games in. Just see, like, you know, can I compete at this? Am I ready to step to this level next year? At the tier two level, it allows tier three players to get that same opportunity, but it also gives you opportunity to bring in players who aren't in the league to see like, hey, am I interested in ball hockey? Maybe you get a nice hockey guy who doesn't play and they can say, hey, let me let me give this a shot and see if I can um, compete in the NBHL or if I want to compete in the NBHL. So it really serves the purpose of filling out rosters and giving more players opportunities to play at different levels. And then. um I guess it also serves a purpose too. At the uh, Mila Cup this year, there were teams that were short. There were teams that couldn't make it. The Showstoppers in Pittsburgh—they had a bunch of players that had other commitments. They couldn't make the tournament. And we want the teams that went to make the tournament. We those are the teams that earned the spot. We want them to be there. And um, not to say the Battalion didn't earn their spot. They came in third place in an incredible division, had an awesome season. So it was great having them there. And they were actually they were they were short too when they were freaking awesome at the Mila Cup but um you know we want to give those teams the opportunity to bring players in a fair way onto their roster basically your affiliate squad players can become eligible to play in the Mile Cup if um you know they they play games during the season for your team so it just basically gives teams an extended roster at some level mm-hmm. to make sure that they can get to the Mile Cup and um you know have a full team to get there i say those are our biggest rule changes um on. i'm actually going to pull up my document and see if there's anything else that's like significant um actually this document is not here now but i mean off the top of my head those are probably the two the two biggest um biggest changes we're adding
0: so we kind of talked about next year do you have any say like for the next five years any big goals for what uh this could maybe develop into maybe guys getting paid Get some sponsorship money coming in.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the goal is professional. That's what we want it to become. Um, We have an idea of how we would do that and how we would run it. But the issue that we keep finding with sponsorship and um, just growth of the league in general is that people don't know what ball hockey is. And it's I think it's becoming more known. And, um, I think like USA ball hockey has done some awesome things to really grow the sport in the States. And we've been able, we've been lucky enough to be featured on Angel network and getting the hockey news and things like that, where people have, you know, been able to learn about us a little bit more. So we need just more eyes on our sport and our league in order to do that. So we just have to continue growing, continue working at the path we are, you know, like Every time like a post gets shared, that's new eyes on the league like that. Every single bit helps. So long term, yes, we want to become pro, but we're also not going to force it. We're going to do it when it's right, when it makes mm-hmm. sense and when it's you know possible. So we like to think we're going to get there. I feel very confident we're going to get there. I can't obviously guarantee it. But, um, you know, that is our ultimate goal is to have a professional professional circuit.
0: And, and i not, know. not.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That, that was it
0: um even like me i play um acha hockey at my college and when i bring up that i play ball hockey some of the guys they, they call it like bubble hockey or they make like jokes about it because they don't they don't understand that you can do this and you can play at like such a competitive level it's just it's still street hockey to some people and i think that misconception needs to be kind of broken
1: yeah and i think another thing that's really helped a lot is uh barstool with their Chicklets cup tournaments yeah. because like especially like i mean the first one we went to we played against um you know nhlers like it was mm-hmm. it was it was crazy and then like the second time we're playing against paul Bizanet and like our team the nbhl team beat them which is just great for us and then they had the one in buffalo the team that won the women's consisted of you know women's national team players and nbhl players the team that won um the men's division consisted of, you know, it had Corey Wilson on it, like the nose base killer as he is now yeah. known, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But Corey loves it, so I give it to him. But um yeah, I mean it's things like that help. And I think that, you know, Spit and Chickwitz has such a massive community and like I know that like some of our like biggest posts ever in like um just like the amount of people that have seen them are from those, those chiclets cup tournaments because it ha- it has that audience. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the sport's getting bigger. I think that it's growing and it's just, I don't know. I feel like right now is the most eyes we've seen on ball hockey, oh, wow. at least as the time that I've been playing as like, in you know, at this, at this adult level.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I kinda One. wish Alex Burroughs started a little later in his ball hockey instead of in the early, in the early <laughs> days. Maybe it brought a little more eyes.
1: Yeah, that would be good. I mean, I'm trying to think like I've heard I've heard Posternock play the games and like
2: Yeah, he played a few games. Um
1: yeah. Casey DeSmith actually played, he plays um, at uh,
2: he plays at Cranberry in our in our league.
1: Casey I've DeSmith reffed, does? Yeah. yeah. I've
2: refed him a few times uh better. Really?
1: um is he is he nasty
2: uh he's the top point scorer but it's also like d it's also like d1 but he's still the top point scorer in the d1
1: like d1 being like the uh, highest level
2: no uh it goes, it's still it's still like a b
1: c oh really and then d1 d2 how's he playing how's he playing at that level
2: he had, the rest of his team's not that good <laughs> He's playing okay. out. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Up at Cranberry, we also have like Tyler Kennedy comes out a few times. Um. Because during we have these things called draft tournaments and like, uh, we have kids like kids training and like um the guy that runs it, John, uh, Baltimore. He, I think I said his last name right. I forget. Uh, he has about he knows a bunch of like NHL guys from the Penguins, Tyler Kennedy, that will come out and just like help coach the kids or help sign sign a few things, get some faces to like the That's Cranberry That's awesome. Rink. Yeah.
0: One more question about the future: Do you think ball hockey becoming an Olympic sport is a legitimate possibility in the next decade?
1: I don't know time frame. I don't, I mean I'm not. I've never had like a like a conversation with anyone that would. I mean, I talk to USA ball hockey people. I talk to Corey. I talk to other people in the sport who, you know, obviously that's the goal we want to get in the Olympics. It's, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I know we have to hit a certain number of like countries that have it as a, that have a, you know, like a USA ball hockey type structure for them. And I don't know how close we are to that. I hope it happens soon, but um I just know it's pretty difficult to get into. um But yeah, like I haven't had any direct conversations of us trying to move ball hockey into the Olympics but I hope to I hope to be involved in that conversation someday but I know the people that are in charge and leading the charge right now are doing a great job and it's you know from what I hear it's closer than it ever was so hopefully it keeps moving that way
2: um, going into the next season of NHL who is your early predictions for tier One?
1: Oh god I, I like the thing is I don't even know the rosters yet we just submitted we just had the roster sheets yeah. out the other day. So I have I have no going, idea. I mean it has from to be B, it, last year. Well, if we're going back from last year, it has to be Imperium. Yeah. I mean they've they've literally won every single chance they've had to. They they're five for five on winning championships in the NBHL. <laughs> so they're those guys are insane. But I mean tier one in general is like it is just so good. It is so fun to watch. Like the skill level is so high. So it's really anyone's game and it sounds like across the league the tier ones are condensing a little bit like the 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 talent is not as spread out as it used to be it's so out. i i yeah i think it's going to be a little bit tighter in tier one this year than it was in years past and i know buffalo is adding a couple more canadian teams it sounds like so those teams are going to probably be really good so we're going to see i i don't know but um I guarantee, if you ask any captain in Tier One right now, they would say they're going to win it.
2: I mean, Robbie's still a goaltender in Tier One, so I don't know how.
0: Yeah, no, showstoppers. Showstoppers are we're winning Pittsburgh and we're winning it all. We'll actually show up to the tournament
1: this year. Yes, just get them there, please. I heard everyone if was they make it, if they make it.
0: I heard everyone was begging for us this year. They were like everyone wanted to play the showstoppers. The
2: face, the Facebook comments were pretty ruthless on
1: yeah the, the, they got I think um Zach Smith made a comment on our Instagram post that explained it pretty well and I thought he did a really good job. um he does very we were good. we were hoping that like the showstoppers would take that post and reply in like a nice way and explain stuff and they did they were they they handled it very well. I thought um yeah we were we were conflicted about posting that, but like we're like it's kind of public knowledge like people need to know like they're not coming. And like we did it for the Seattle Cold Snacks as well, but that obviously didn't get the um, traction that the Showstoppers one did, just because of some of the names on the Showstoppers. But
2: well, they the two most hated men in ball hockey, Drew and Jordo. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they've they've definitely made some rivalries. Um, but yeah, they're 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 awesome players, and we would have loved to have them there. Hopefully, if you know Showstoppers get there, we get the show at the uh, at the NHL Cup this year. So we'll see how it goes.
2: Um, I saw some feedback of. From um, like West Coast teams not be able to make the Mile Cup because of the travel and how much it would cost. Um, I heard there might be a rumor of possible two, like two kind of championships—one for West Coast, one for East Coast. Is that true or
1: no? We wouldn't, we wouldn't do that this year. We need to have more West Coast teams for that to be feasible. I think we've talked we we've been working with the directors on the west coast for ways to fundraise a little bit more and do some things to get more money for the teams that um do make the mile Life cup cuz i know for the pacific northwest like they didn't send a team yeah. and by the time their season had ended the flights were oh, yeah. through the roof and it was just too late and oh, yeah. it just it just didn't work out so i know like the tournament style divisions that are out West, we're going to have them finish earlier this year. So the flights are a little less last minute. So they're more affordable. And we're just, we're working on maybe doing some Ironman type tournaments to raise money. we're working on some, you know, trying to get some bigger sponsorships, that sort of thing. So we're, um, we're trying to make it more affordable for those West coast teams, but there wouldn't be a second tournament yet. It's, we haven't ever really seriously discussed it just because there's not enough teams for it to to get to that point. Yeah.
0: Um, is there any plans or goals to move the Milet Cup out of Jersey? Or is it is like that it's home for the
1: foreseeable future? So We get – I'd say this is the thing we're criticized for the most is the location of the Milet Cup. And it's like obviously like the Marlton rings where we have them, like that's where I grew up playing. But that's yeah. also just a coincidence that it's a three-rink deck facility because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of them there's there's the one in Fitchburg I know of another one that's in Irvine California I think other than that and I mean I always say if you know of another one please let me know because we'll consider it like it doesn't have to be in Marlton but Pitch- for the Pitch- sake Pitchburg,
2: of we have uh, each ring's like 20 minutes apart
1: Penn Hill's yeah has and two, like that's our but
2: then on like three
1: and that's like the feedback we get like because like you know it's a lot of areas have two and like, it's like we just like we wanted to have we just want everyone to be together mm-hmm. and that's you know the goal and having three allows us to do that next year it's going to be even more difficult because we were pretty we were stretched pretty thin last year with those three ranks like we didn't have a single gap in games on saturday from 8 a.m to 10 30 p.m we had a rank having with a game on it at all times that entire day all three so it was it was it was busy but um yeah i mean by no means is marlton like the forever home of the you know the championship like it will you know when the opportunity comes to move it to a different facility that has three or four ranks that maybe gets built someday we're gonna look into that for sure so yeah we're not gonna have to force everyone to come to south jersey every single year (laughs) hopefully (laughs)
2: <laughs> I always hated playing in Jersey. I don't I hate <laughs> the Jersey people, but I I hate, I, I hate Jersey.
0: The drive's brutal from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Five just hours, of, five shot. hours of turnpike.
1: Yeah, yeah that's out. not. It's, it's not a fun drive. Whenever, not at all.
2: whenever Robbie and I drive together, it's just I was like, I'll just drive the full way. I know I can do it. Just we don't have to stop. So we'll drive the full way. We'll get there and we'll just
1: sleep. Just... And it's and it's funny now that like. You know, like, with the Mile Cup this year, like, we actually considered the Pittsburgh teams, like, essentially local. Like, they were some of the closer teams to the tournament because mm-hmm. we gave all the Pittsburgh teams Friday night games because, you know, I mean, DC, D.C. is the next closest thing besides, like, the obvious, you know, Philly and North Jersey mm-hmm. divisions. But then there's D.C. and Pittsburgh are the next closest ones. So we had those teams play Friday night games because, I mean, we had – now we have teams obviously coming from all over the place. So it's, you know – kind of is what it is you gotta travel to get there but that's why we try we make the tournament no cost like it's just you know pay or travel and get there and that's you know the best we can do for now we're not you know it wouldn't happen this year but we'd like to have you know prizes at some level that would be you know financial but you know it's just we have to continue to grow and we're just we're just not there yet so um but yeah definitely um Definitely open to switching it up to different locations.
2: Uh, one thing that I've talked to a few, um, mainly Drew Albright, was possibly we start to get all-star teams, like maybe like all-star games and stuff like that, get some of like the younger kids involved so they could see like, instead of traveling all the time, trying to see like one weekend where you can see the best of the best, just play against each other for fun. some of the amazing, what NHL does for all-star weekend, basically.
1: So you're saying like each – individual division would have their uh, own like, all-star weekend yeah
2: so you know how we do like the play the team one team two uh, of each like division like yeah jordo drew nixie we all on team one right and then ricky i think was ricky on team two robbie
0: i have no idea probably
2: yeah
1: i want to say he was um i'm just naming but...
2: stuff because team i know.
1: <laughs> yeah but no that's um that's interesting. That's a good idea. We've 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 had some discussions on how we would do a all star event. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been able to do it yet. And it's actually something we're considering for maybe doing at the end of this season. Um, but doing individual ones like that is yeah, that's a really really good idea actually. Um, we should talk more about that not on the podcast because <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> You can pay him for his creative. Uh, creative genius. We'll call it the we'll call it the EJ Dwyer Drew Albright All Star. Then I'm sure everyone will love that.
0: <laughs> really rolls off the tongue.
2: <laughs> Especially EJ, that's the best name around. Simple, <laughs> two letters. No one ever forgets it. <laughs> all
0: right.
2: Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Um,
1: yeah, thank- I think that's about all we had.
2: Thank you, Anthony, for coming on. Thank you for letting us bother your time.
1: <laughs> no not at all this was cool i always like talking about the league and sport and everything so this is great and um thanks for having me and thanks for even having a podcast like this is cool i can't wait to listen to your first episode and listen to this and listen in the future and you know hopefully, help you guys out as much as we can
2: Both continue to grow maybe grab a few uh sponsors on the way yeah <clears throat> my lick. um but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but right uh, rob you want to take us out
0: Yeah, um, thanks again for tuning in, guys. We'll get this episode out and uh, hopefully have another one out for you here in a week or two with a new special guest, so stay tuned. All
2: right, thank you, guys.